named our podcast the World Class Agency Podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have. What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you? World Class Estate Agency is all about people. The good estate agents add, adds an incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world-class agent mean to you? Hello and welcome to today's episode of the World Class Agency Podcast brought to you by Revis.com. Um, my name is Mark Wall. I am a very, very happy Evertonian this morning. I'm joined by Sam Hunter. How are you, my friend? Good morning, Mark. Uh, hello, listeners. Uh, we just said off air, I was like, woke up this morning and looked at the scores and what what a round of Premier League and what a couple of games overnight, hey? I think uh, as interesting as the title race is uh, and for all our sort of North Mancunian listeners and North London listeners, I still think there's a little bit of a race to be had. There's got to be one more twist in that tale. Relegation is far more interesting, <laughs> particularly particularly when Everton, maybe West Ham and definitely Leicester uh, are involved. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, to see those sort of results come through and Forrest just jagging something out of nowhere as well was pretty interesting. I got a mate who's a Forest fan and he was on cloud nine this morning because he's so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> Somebody sent me that exact gift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, there is a chance. I've never told you in uh, a lot of me and my friends say it's the hope that kills you. Uh, but if you go and score five goals, I mean, apparently that was 16% of the total goals that we scored this season in one game. So, uh, well, if only, yeah, maybe, I... that, maybe that twist in the title race that you talk about might come at Goodison Park on uh, on Sunday. Who knows? Wouldn't wouldn't you love it? Although away. I think they've probably they don't they don't have many uh, bullets left in the barrel. Uh, I had that conversation where Liverpool, we had like five games without a win and the game before we'd won 6-0 or 7-1 or yeah. something. And you'd rather win seven games 1-0 than one <laughs> game 7-0, you know? Uh, and I think it's a bit the same with Everton. And maybe that was just the sort of result they need to remember what foot they are and they can put the ball in the back of the net. And I, I wouldn't be upset if they did it against City, to be honest. So Yeah, no, never would I. I reckon we need one more win now. And yeah, the the thing with Everton, they've been playing. They have been playing better since Calvert-Lewin came back. To be fair, mm. and you can without a doubt. And I think actually, you know, one thing that we do really well on this show is relate real life events. And actually, that's the theme of this show, right? Is is to relate real life events back to real estate and figure out how what what is there a lesson that we can take from something like an Everton beating Brighton of all people five one, right? Mm. Well, that is. You know, somebody who's maybe not had a great start to the year or the the newcomer in a local town going yeah. up against, you know, the old hat, someone who's been there before, who's maybe getting a little bit complacent mm-hmm. uh, or maybe somebody who's had an absolutely belter a couple of years, right, uh, to use Brighton as an example and, and then think to themselves, we've got this, this one's in the bag yeah. and they don't go in there with that same sharpness, you know, and, and that complacency does creep in and suddenly you've been blown off the park. Uh, I mean, in a real estate sense, you and I have probably had that countless times where we've 100% thought we've won an instruction, right? I know that I've had that from home session. I've walked out of meetings. I've gone back to the office. I've sort of slumped in my chair and I thought that was one of the best meetings I've ever had in my entire life. And the client either doesn't buy or goes elsewhere. And it's the same mm-hmm. sort of thing in, in real estate. They go, oh, we're going to go with somebody else. And clearly, you left a few stones unturned, you know? 
and you yeah. weren't as prepared as you, as you could have been uh, or you didn't follow the process that has been proven so many time and time again because you just thought to yourself, we're good now. Mm-hmm. We know what we're doing. And actually that's I, – I, I don't know who Brighton's playing next week, but I wouldn't want to be them. It's a bit like my, my footy team has to play our nemesis. I haven't beat them in 16 games. In, this is in the National Rugby League. We're playing them on a Thursday night and they got pumped on the weekend. And I was yeah, like, I the last thing that we needed was to play our bogey team when they're licking their wounds. Yes. And I think it's yeah. going to be a bit the same for whoever's playing Brighton next week. And hopefully Everton can take that momentum and remember all the good things that they did. You know, And I, I imagine it was probably a load of little one percenters that they just put together consistently across 90 minutes to get that result. If they can do that again on Sunday, Arsenal fans, who knows what could happen. <laughs> you talk you talk about relate, relating it to real estate and I think you're right with Everton yesterday they started really well but then they never took the foot off the gas and you could talk you could think about that in terms of a evaluation or advice meeting whatever whatever you call them but actually mm. the second half probably relates to your follow-up because I'm sitting here you know exactly like you have over the years thinking that there's some meetings that I thought have gone really really well definitely coming on the market maybe not followed up quite as well. Maybe that's where I've dropped the ball and then you lose it and you think, how did I lose that? I absolutely nailed it. But actually, you know, what you need to do is like Everton, you have to carry on straight through and, you know, they they rode the storm at the start of the second half, but then then recovered really well. So yeah, long may it continue. Indeed. And actually that, that theme of follow-up, uh, so there was, I said to you before we hit record and I haven't actually told you what I want to talk about yet because I'm I think it's going to be uh, at its level best the first time it comes out of my mouth, not the second time trying to remember things, is I really want to talk today about uh, like customer experience or client experience and, and follow up. And there's two real-world examples, one that relates directly to estate agency and the other that couldn't be further from it, right? It's actually a coronation story. Uh, and I think that's that's the one I want to share first, right? Because it's it's a really good news story. Um, and and they tie in really nicely together. And, and for me, both of them come back to like the moment that you mm-hmm. find yourself in. And actually, it's the moment that the other party finds themselves in. So um, for everybody playing along at home, my mum is actually uh, in England at the moment. She flew over for King Charles's coronation. Nice. Make of that what you will. Uh, yeah, my mum's been a travel agent for like 40 years and every few years, uh, an airline will just give her a free flight and she's been saving this one up uh, yeah. since the end of like the, the COVID what end of 2021 uh, to go to the King's coronation. Basically she wanted to come over to England to see us. Didn't happen. Then unfortunately when Queen Elizabeth passed away, she was like, right, I'm not going this summer. I'm going next summer. Anyway, yeah. she's there. She's up at like four 30 on Saturday morning. And I know this cause she's messaging me uh, and I'm sitting in my mate's backyard with a fire going, watching a game of football and she's like, I'm up. I'm going down to Hyde Park. Uh, hopefully, I can get there early enough. And I was thinking, mm, I don't know how you're going to go there, Mum. Uh, anyway, she gets down to Hyde Park and gets stopped by a couple of police officers. And yeah. apparently, they were just like, you can't come in. It's full. Sorry, we're not doing anything. Uh, you're welcome to go and find wherever you can find. See you later. And, and Mum was like, could you recommend? And my Mum's got this like pretty drawly. You think I sound Australian. My Mum's pretty Aussie. And, and she's like, is there anywhere else that you can recommend that I go? Uh, I've come all the way from Australia. I just want to be able to find somewhere that's quiet enough that I can sit down. And the guy effectively laughed and said, you shouldn't have come to central London then, love. Oh. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I, another lady, and I still can't quite work out where she's from, but she was like an event organizer 
for the coronation in Hyde Park right. overhears the whole thing, comes over and taps my mum on the shoulder. And she's like, have you come all the way from Australia for this? And mum's like, yeah, I'm sure I'm not the only one, but here I am. <laughs> and I thought I'd get here early. Obviously, I'm not early enough. It's fine. I'll figure something out. And she's like, nope, don't you worry about it. Come with me. And she literally walks my mum through Hyde Park into like a designated, uh, almost like, not, maybe disabled is the wrong word, but like, a uh, very comfortable area for people who had been offered a ticket to this to yeah. sit down. There was like 80 people in a fenced off area with comfy seats. Uh, they got like Union Jack hats and ponchos and everything in front of their own big screen. Nice. No crowds, no nothing. And uh, she said, this is where you can spend your day or anything like that. There's free bottles of water. There's everything like that. You know, in- enjoy what you've traveled so far for. My mum's saying she was like welling up at this stage. And then she sits down and starts talking to like a, an English family who end up knowing like a friend of hers from somewhere else in the world. It's the most <laughs> random story I've ever heard, but very long story short, my mum had exactly probably a better experience yeah. than she could have ever hoped for sitting in High Park in the middle of a dreary London day watching a you know king getting crowned. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all because this lady witnessed a moment where it wasn't going well and was like, oh, I can do something about that. Um, yeah, and and that will live with my mum forever. Mm-hmm. You know, she is indebted to that lady. I'm indebted to that lady for giving her such a wonderful experience because she was a bit nervous about traveling by herself. She's getting on. She's in her seventies, and that's just made her entire holiday. You know, she yeah. flew to Italy today. She's having a week with some friends that she knows over there now, and then she's coming home. And she was like, "This is just the only story that I want to tell anybody who's ever going to listen." Uh, because I yeah. had such a wonderful time. It was down to this young lady from this events company who didn't know me from a bar of soap, but welcomed me into this thing and gave me a wonderful day. And I'm just thinking, how many opportunities are there? Here's where we're going to flip a beautiful story about my mum into state agency yeah. 101, right? Before you do, I just think kind of like the hairs are standing up on, on my arms. I just think that's so amazing. And what you said about from turning what could have been you know, quite an experience into what is just an incredible experience. But the best thing about that is your mum doesn't even know her name. The lady just did it out of the goodness of her heart. And I hope she realizes what a difference she has made because that's incredible. Yeah, I, I don't know if she would. I think that's that's the interesting thing about like the kindest individuals out there, right? They don't realize the impact that they're having on others. Mm. Um and, and again, I think if if you're an estate agent, somebody's a first home buyer and you take the time to offer them some advice that you take for granted, that could make a fundamental difference in mm. in their journey. You might help them buy a house sooner. You might help them buy a house for a better price. Uh, you might help them miss a lemon. I don't know. But the the point was that lady didn't have to bother listening to start with. You know, Brendan May, who joined us last week, talked about overhearing ladies in the cafe having a rag about estate agents and, and him chomping in the bit to sort of say, hey, there are some of us out there mm-hmm. that do it pretty well. And he wouldn't have gone about it like that. He would turn around and offered them some help. You know, next time you've got a question, ask me. Because I'll yeah. give you the right answer or I'll give you the truth. And if I don't know the answer, I'll go and find someone to figure it out. And I, I'm just thinking every day, every single person listening to this show is going to be presented with an opportunity to help somebody, directly or indirectly. And I would say a lot of us, both my hands up, are guilty of not always either taking that opportunity or mm-hmm. seeing it through. Um, and, and on the flip side, the other story that I want to tell, right, is... Uh, do you remember a year ago where we would start this episode and you'd be like, how's the house hunting going, Sam? And I'd sit days. there and I'd just, 
I'd sort of have my head in my hands and I'd think to myself, why have I been talking about how good Aussie real estate is for so long when <laughs> it's like decidedly average? You know, mediocre is a staunch compliment uh, to <laughs> some of the agents that I met. There are some that were quite good as well. Well, I had I had effectively the opposite. And I went to delete this text message. I was like, no, I'm going to keep it because I'm going to read it word for word and we're going to dissect it, right? So I, I met this chap, Max. Um, and I remember this guy specifically because he asked me for my name. He asked my wife for her name, our mobile numbers and our email address. And he didn't give us his name. And I had to be like, can I grab your name, mate? And he just said, Max. No, hello, no, nothing like that. And I remember it, right? It was this like horrible, like cute looking house on the outside, but boxy on the inside on a floodplain opposite a busy road. And they wanted an obscene amount of money for it. And I think they probably sold it for that obscene amount of money, but it wasn't the house for us. And I'm going to come Mm -hmm. back to that point in a second. Anyway, I met that guy April last year. It's now May this year, right? So 13 months ago, never got a phone call back, never got asked for feedback, never got asked for price feedback to give their sellers. Um, didn't care for lack of a better way of describing it, right? Yesterday, I get a text message at 11.08 a.m. It says, hi, Sam. It's been a while since we touched base and I wanted to understand where you are in your property journey. Are you currently looking to buy, sell, or invest? Let me know if you'd like me to stop messaging you. Kind kind regards, Max, on behalf of Caliber Real Estate. Now, the irony of being called Caliber Real Estate, uh, notwithstanding, I guess Caliber can be on many levels, right, is that, it's not like I want him to stop messaging me. He's never messaged me. He's never called me. He's never kept in touch, right? And I just think that is the complete opposite of what that lady did with my mum. Mm-hmm. And it's the complete opposite of what we talk about in terms of world-class real estate week in, week out. Um, and that this is the, the theme that I've been talking about. And I said this yesterday and it, it sat with me. And I thought, I'm going to say that again because I want to, I want to know if it's a thing or not, right? If you want to be anything in life, right, you you got to get people, and I haven't figured out the right word for get yet, so we can we can figure that out together live on air, right? But if you want to be anything in life, you got to get people in their moment, not mm-hmm. yours, right? Um, that's what's going to make the most difference to them. Um, and strangely enough, that's what's going to make the most difference to you as well. So this guy wants to get me in his moment right now. That lady with my mum in the coronation or the police got mum in their moment as well. Cause they just couldn't be bothered. They had to stand in the rain all day. Right. Yeah. Um, that lady got my mum in her moment and, and did everything she could for her. And, and what an amazing experience. And for everybody listening to this, wondering how all this applies back to that. If someone inquires on a house with you, that is their moment. You have a fleeting opportunity to make a difference to them, regardless of whether they engage and buy your property or not. You know, more than half of those people in their moment are going to have houses to sell. So they've got double anxiety. They've got twice the amount of problems and you can offer twice the comfort and twice the solutions, right? So that that's that's where I was getting to with this long and winding journey of a monologue is life is about moments and business and real estate is about moments as well, but it's about other people's moments and how you can engage and support and advise and comfort them through those moments rather than waiting until you have nothing in your pipeline. <laughs> and and I sent the, sent the text to a mate of mine uh, and he was just like, that guy has got to the bottom of his CRM. And <laughs> yeah. Isn't that exactly what it feels like? Yes. Right. It's exactly what it feels like. And do you ever want to make people feel like that? 
No, sir. Do you think making people feels like that makes you any money? <laughs> no. And I think I think you're right. You've got a it's a really interesting point when you talk about get, getting to people in their moment. Make a difference to people in their moment, not yours. Is yeah. What I what I would say with that. So I'll ask you the question then, because I do think it's hilarious that he's put on there about stop messaging when you've not yeah. in over, over a year. Maybe that's the GDPR tick for him. Um, but so if you are like Max last week and you've not spoken to all of these people, what's your action? Is it better to do it than not do it? I would argue it's probably better to pick the phone up and try and understand that rather than just send a generic text message because not only are you at the bottom of the CRM, it's also the easiest thing for him to do to send everyone in their message. I mean, he might he might get something back, but what are the chances? If he has a phone call with people, he's much more likely to, to get a response. But if you're Max last week and you're at the bottom of the CRM, do you send the message or not, Sam? What do you do? If uh, Well, I'm hoping that I would have taken just a mild amount of my own advice and, <laughs> and not got to the bottom of my CRM. And I'd be dealing with a lot of people that maybe I'm meeting each weekend but maybe he doesn't have any listings i don't know i actually didn't didn't even care enough um to go and figure out what does he have on the market right it's just i didn't have that shardin for it in my mind and i'm thinking to myself maybe i'll send him a link to this episode and just say start at 11 minutes oh, i don't no, know don't do that uh, no, i probably won't do that um <laughs> i you know what i i probably would have gone down the same road as him but i would have picked up the telephone i would have said you haven't heard from me for 12 months. That's on me. Yeah. If, if I'm the only person that he can text or me and however many other hundred people that got that text message yesterday, I would at least own the stuff up Yeah. Uh, and see what came of that because nobody's perfect. You know, it's all well and good for me to be sitting here on my high horse talking about what a crappy experience that was and how it made me feel and what a good thing happened to my mom overseas or anything like that. But we're guilty of making similar mistakes, hopefully not to that sort of impersonal level all the time. And that's a really important point to make, right? Is that nobody's perfect. But I think what I've learned to be good at over time is owning it. It's a bit mm -hmm. like when you have a fight with your missus, you know, and, and you blurt out the wrong thing because you revert to smart ass mode, <laughs> having the humility to apologize yeah. instead of just go, ah, oh, nah, I'm, I know that was the wrong thing to say, but I don't have that. That actually took me a really long time to learn. Mm. Mm. Um, and I'd rather have a relationship than win a fight. Yeah. Um, and I'm still guilty of that smart ass stuff going out over and over again. Um, but I'm, I am I can own up to it now. And I can say I'm really mm. sorry I shouldn't have said that. This is what I was feeling that made me do that, right? So if I'd got a message from him or better yet a call from him or something like that, because I'm still one of those sickos that answers numbers I don't recognize. <laughs> And he said, hey, we met at an open home last year and we actually never followed you up. And I'd like to apologize for that, for whatever reason, you know. Um, are you still looking and can we help you now? Mm -hmm. That's still not a great experience over the course of 13 months, but it's a better start at trying again than a text message that's gone to anybody else. It's got tonality. It's got empathy. It's got honesty. That's probably what I would do if I get to the bottom of my CRM. Um, but ideally I've got a, you know, I, I would have employed the automated text message 13 months ago and I would have texted everyone saying, Hey, scale of one to 10, where'd you see the property? Mm. And, uh, don't worry about the zeros, but to the nearest, you know, 10,000 or nearest hundred thousand, what do you think it's worth? 
if I didn't want to call anyone, at least do something like that, that would have at least followed me up in my moment. So he could have got the feedback from me that I didn't want to buy it, but this is what I think it's worth. And if you have that conversation that you talked about there where you're actually on the phone rather than on the text message, you might say, no, actually already bought. And that gives him then that then gives him an opportunity. He can either say, all right, okay, I'm sorry for bothering you. Or if he is a bit tenacious, say, all right, where do you buy? Mm. You know? Do you want to know the fascinating thing? There are ways in which he know he can he can literally put my name in a database and find exactly where I bought and what I paid for and everything like that. So, and you can automate that stuff. So anyone in your CRM, if they buy a house, it flags with you. Yeah. Right. So, uh, this is a weird thing about uh, Australian privacy laws. They'll give you the information, you just can't do anything with it. So you can't market to that information. If he, but he has my phone number, so he could have done something with it, right? So you can't just like download everyone's name and spam them forever. But it's there in case you want it to be. Really? Yeah. That's... Yeah. So if you're doing ID checks and verification stuff, just makes it super simple when you're getting to the like listing part of it. Um. But yeah, like he, he could have had the question answered and he could have sent me something specific about my house 12 months on. It's nearly been a year since you bought. All that sort of stuff. And that, again, no relationship from the past, but it would have been a better way to start again. Yes. Um, and we've, we, we all have to stop and start relationships again in business and in life and everything like that. So there's a really good example of how not to do it and and maybe we've suggested some mildly better ones on, on how you might go about it. Mm. I wonder if you're going to receive any calls from other agents. How many agents do you reckon you read with a year ago and how many have followed up? Because this is the first time that we've talked about it. Have you had any calls? Uh, I get uh, a couple of text messages every now and again, but never any phone calls. Uh, I'm going to see if I can find the last one that I got because I, I do remember getting one last week but i might have deleted it already um and it was from a guy called rod westerhees there you go so i got this 20 sent this gets sent on the 24th of every month right 24th of february 24th of march 24th of april 302 p.m 442 p.m 413 p.m still interested in green slopes question mark rod westerhees rod westerhees Hees estate agents uh that was in february uh, March, still interested in green slopes? Question oh, mark. No. Have a good week, Dash and Rod Wester. He's, he's estate agents. Monday, 24th of April. So this Monday's gone. Thinking of buying or selling in green slopes? We do all the time. Exclamation mark. Rod Wester, he's, he's estate agents. That's like. I mean, every credit is consistent, I suppose. But that's an automated once a month message, nurture. And again, because he knows that, I mean, Greenslopes is not the suburb we live in, but it's one over from us. So he knows yeah. that there's a possibility that I'm going to be selling my house one day. Yeah. But again, I don't get anything specific to me. I don't get like an email newsletter with some personality in it yeah. or anything like that. You know, he could be doing exactly what he's doing, but imagine if he took the time to, to record a 30 second video that said, here's the local market update for Greenslopes. Holland Park, Holland Park West and Stones Corner or Cooper or whatever it is, right? And in 30 yeah. seconds, he's like, buyers are up, sellers are down, prices are still holding strong, the interest rates haven't dampened confidence. You know, we're still seeing great results. Um, if you're interested to know what your place is worth, let us know. Otherwise, we'll do everything we can to keep you focused on the market. See you next month on the 24th. So he owns the fact that it happens every month on that time. And it could be something that people start to look forward to. Rather than just a text message that says "still interested in green slopes?" question mark Like, what is yeah, that? I, yeah, as you say, there's at least there's some consistency there, but there's definitely a way that you can do that 
better by, provi by providing some form of value or something to at least engage your perspective future clients like you said at the at the start australian real estate perhaps isn't everything it's cra cracked up to be i i think it, it, it's fascinating right so because we and, and we're going to go off on a tangent now and i'm really conscious uh there's been a lot of talking particularly from me this episode so i'm going to be quiet after this one but we do a lot of text messaging you and i primarily outside of this Tuesday every single week, we will communicate on WhatsApp, regardless yeah. of what side of the world we live on, et cetera. We do a lot of that. I think primarily human interaction is done in writing these days, mm -hmm. um, particularly with the people you're closest with. If you're not in person with them, you're often texting unless there's something super important or you're driving, you'll give them a call. Yeah. I think to build a relationship that you can do that once you get there, right? We've spoken on this show many, many times about, being able to speak to your clients like you speak to your parents, you know, lovingly direct. That's what you want to get to, right? Where you can say whatever you need to say to get through to them in a really direct fashion, but they know it's coming from the heart and they know it's got their best interests at heart. You can't do that just by texting someone once a month. You've got to invest time and energy and face-to-face -face ideally, but at least a phone call with somebody. It's not enough just for a regular weekly email. It's not enough for a monthly text message. That stuff helps. It, it's got to work in combination. And then once you've done the deal, you know, and once you've, whether it's transacted or you've known them for a couple of years or you've got that level of trust and relationship, then you can start texting people. You know, my, my view is if you have to say hi, name, and then write your message, you do not have a relationship. When was the last time I messaged you and said, hi, Mark? what's going on <laughs> i'm always like what's up what's doing you know yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. again for everybody listening to this think about the people that you have genuine relationships with in your life do you say hi name and then write something to them no no when when they answer the phone do they answer the phone with you know hello mark warrell speaking no it's like what's up mate you know what yeah. are you calling me for jesus early what do you want i'm nearly yeah. home with the dinner whatever it's so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to earn that informal communication, right? And you've got to earn the right to be able to just text somebody. Um, and you've got to build that relationship over time. So you're only going to get to that point if you go and see people lots of times or you're speaking to them on the phone where it's like, hey, should I just text you something every month? Yeah, cool. Great. No worries. And then, bang, you could automate that moving forward, right? So you invest time and energy. You meet somebody. You're in their moment. You help them in their moment. Let's bring this back to where we started this conversation. You help them in the moment. You blow them away. You give, you know, you sit them down with a big screen at a coronation and blow them away. And they go out and they tell literally every single person they know about how amazing it was because they just didn't expect it, mm -hmm. you know? And then you build a relationship with them again over time by keeping your micro promises, by staying in touch, by calling them and asking them the best questions instead of asking something from them. And then ideally you do a deal with them at some point, right? Mm. And then you get to a point where you can just keep in touch by texting them or do whatever. And you can probably ask them for a referral or a recommendation or anything like that. And at that point, you could automate it. And your text message could be what this guy sent, but you don't need to put hi, whatever it is. It's like, hey, I was just thinking about you. Mm. You know, you guys have got a great area. There's so many beautiful houses around there. Do you know what I was thinking about selling? Now, that could be an automated text message to a segment of your database that you've got a great relationship with that would not reek of one. Whereas if it said, hi, Mark, I was just thinking about you. Would you know anyone interested in selling in your area? Kind regards, Sam Hunter, Huis, state agents, whatever it's going to be, right? Regards to the relationship, that does look automated. And there's no, sh there, there's, <laughs> imagine if you sent Rachel 
an automated text. <laughs> she take that the right way. Oh, right, <laughs> I don't think Liz would take it the right way. Yeah, you know, no, if I'm I not spam sure. all my sure mates with text that. messages, actually fakely checking in to see how their lives are going, I don't think we'd be mates for that long. So, no, it goes both ways, right? You want to build real relationships. You want to have a great business. You got to invest that time. Automation plays its part, but if you get somebody who's inside a house that you're selling or you're inside a house that's going to be sold, it's more than text messages and you've mm. got to get to them in their moment over and over and over again so you can actually help them regardless of whether they do any business with you because that will come back to you tenfold. Yeah, I really like that. I think the fact that you're, you're looking at making a difference, we'll come back to that, as you said, make a difference to people in their moment, not in yours and earning that informal relationship. I think the points that you've made there about when you're texting your friends and all of that, you don't have that same tonality that you would do in an automated text message. So maybe don't make it so, mm. so obvious. So hopefully there's been some key takeaways for people there. I think it's been a really interesting uh, conversation about how different customer experience can make a difference to, to people's lives and relate it back to real estate as always and um, as you know we do this because we love our industry we want to see it improve and get better if you have enjoyed today's episode please uh, like it reach out on socials share it with colleagues i'm Mark Worrell, heath i'm hunter thank you very much for listening and we'll see you again next week this episode was sponsored by revis.com if you are looking to grow your new build department you should check out revis.com because it's a visualization tool that can help bring properties to life before a brick is laid if you are wanting to show potential house buyers around property that isn't built yet allow them to actually customize kitchens floor coverings wallpaper that sort of thing then revis.com is a great tool and i suggest that you check it out